politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight for our liberties anew to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house to cap off the week, Friday, July 9th. And God has never presented us with as many opportunities, I believe, in my lifetime to actually fight for liberty, to fight for our values, to have a great reset. You know, the left is talking a lot about using COVID as a great reset, but we can use it as our own reset. You see, now with the Democrats and the left so radical, so destructive, but also in power at a federal level, as I've noted, we have such an opportunity to take half the states, but I'll be happy with a third or a quarter and the counties in them and create little oases for freedom and traditional values, constitutional values. We need a great reset. It is time for conservatives to finally change our tactics once and for all. Stop doubling down on failure and trying the same things that don't work. It's time we focus local. It's time we throw out nearly every single incumbent Republican from a school board on to governor. If you want to do it at a federal level, you could try that as well. But it's more important we do it state and local. And then focus every day on the legislative opportunities and pitfalls. Because remember, election day is not just when you actually cast ballots, but your influence on those local and state leaders every day. We have to get in their face. We have to change the way we do things. We have to start acting like we are in a time of war because we are. I want to demonstrate to you today, through the COVID fascism and the crime and the illegal aliens, how they have declared war on us. We have a war on everyday Americans, by the elites, a war particularly on whites, a war on public safety, a war on bodily autonomy. They are violating the Nuremberg Codes every bit as much as the Nazis are, as we are going to demonstrate. But where is the opposition? We don't have a party that reflects the content that we're putting out. We need to create that. We need to create that. Before we kick off our discussion on COVID fascism for today, our first sponsor, for many of you trying to earn a living, HR issues can kill your business. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, COVID fascism, OSHA, you name it. An HR manager is not cheap, usually runs about 70000 a year. What if I told you that Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, has created a specific HR small business plan for you for just $99 a month, so 1200 a year rather than hiring someone full-time? Now, you might think, well, I need someone full-time. Well, Bambi will give you a dedicated HR manager available by phone, email, chat, whatever you want. So you'll get the same English-speaking person, not some uh, farmed-out guy in India, every single time you call. It's also month-to-month, no hidden fees. You could cancel any time. You didn't start your business 
to deal with government compliance. Let Bambi help. Go to Bambi.com slash conservative right now to get your free HR audit. So it literally costs you nothing. Again, Bambi.com slash conservative. Now, folks, yesterday, the UK came out with an earth-shattering study, which is really nothing new, but it's just very prestigious mix of um, uh, scientists from University College, London, University of York, Bristol, and Liverpool, um, all over the place, where they audited every pediatric death of COVID in the country of the UK. And their findings are, again, nothing remarkable to you, but this should demonstrate how immoral it was for us to do everything we've done to kids, masking them, locking them down, shutting down the schools, and the mental, emotional, developmental, behavioral, educational, and physical harms that we've done to the kids for nothing, for something that is less than anything that has ever faced them, including common respiratory illnesses. So there's a number of important findings here. Initially, their official tally of pediatric COVID deaths in the country was 61, but they found that 61% of them were bogus and there were only 25 children that likely died that could have possibly likely died from the virus um, under 18 years old out of 12 million children in the UK. Uh, most of them had the type of underlying conditions that that amount of people typically die of typical uh, respiratory you know, viruses that are endemic every year. Only six children had no documented serious underlying illnesses, six in the entire country from an entire year. But even then, they note that they don't really have that confirmed and they don't know that to be true. So it could be none of them more. It could be there are zero deaths among healthy kids um, to the extent that there was ever an elevated risk beyond zero, 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 zero. And it's still extremely, extremely low. It was black and Asian children between 11 and 17. Um, And again, that's not higher risk. It means it's one tranche above zero. Um, So for everyone else, it truly was zero. They noted that during the same time period that 25 people, uh, kids under 18 died of COVID, there were 124 deaths from suicide, 268 deaths from trauma, um, And we don't shut down society for cars, for anything. Um, I looked up on CDC's website in in the U.S. There is every year you have a one in 500,000 chance of being struck by lightning. Okay, one in 500,000. If you do the math for last year in the U.K. and just assume we have the roughly the same rate in the U.S., it would be a one in two million death rate from COVID for healthy children. And then, and that's assuming every one of those six were healthy. It would be one in two million. Four times greater than the chance of being struck by lightning. Okay? In other words, there is more math and science behind destroying the lives of children and forcing them to wear 
let's say some sort of like lightning proof suit their whole life or stay inside their whole life because of the threat of lightning than from COVID. The forced masking and vaccination of children is the greatest scandal of our lifetime. It is a war crime. And we need to act accordingly and treat it accordingly. And we need to have those tactics. Can't be this, oh, Daniel, a private doctor could do what they want. No, 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 no. Not when it's done this way at the behest of government lies. You know, my kids haven't been to their wellness checkups because they're traumatized from the masks. They still make them wear it in every setting. And that includes the dentist. They're literally in your freaking mouth, but you have to show up with it. It's mentally ill. And we're supposed to trust the medical decisions from people that are utterly retarded? So we brought our infant in yesterday. We switched pediatricians, but they're all pretty much the same. And she's traumatized by seeing everyone dressed up like a zombie. Because thankfully, we haven't exposed her to that. It was insane. My, my wife took her in yesterday and they made her go to LabCorp for a test. They didn't offer the typical blood work in the office. For whatever reason, LabCorp was next door. And she comes in. My wife, you know, very friendly. How are you? And the person says to her, put your mask over your nose. Then um, she asks her nothing but one question. And, and even after she said my, my wife like was friendly and said, how are you? Wouldn't answer. Asked one question. What race are, are you? And it's like, huh? I mean, you could very well see that. Um, my both, both my wife and the baby are very light. They're obviously white. But that's that's the only question. My wife was like, what are you talking about? She's like, that's what it says in the paperwork. I have to ask that. Then, she, then rather than taking the finger prick, prick, she went and like did the regular arm thing on a, on a 15-month-old. Couldn't get it in both arms. Couldn't, didn't know what she was doing. Baby was screaming the whole time, so my wife just took her and ran out. Then There needs to be an overhaul of that entire medical profession. That's one of the things that we really need to do. And I'm going to encourage the, the doctors I've had on my show. We need to start new networks. of Just like with education, we need to do that with medicine. We need to completely, completely separate from these people. Truly, truly sick people. And by the way, folks, speaking of separating, I want to encourage you guys to get start mail. Like I've done, my new email is danielharowitz at startmail.com. Um, free email services aren't free. We've all learned the hard, hard way that Gmail and Yahoo aren't free. The NSA, the government will spy on you, and then big tech will give that information to them, sell it to everyone. We are paying for the rope to hang ourselves. We are paying for the surveillance state. It is criminal for a conservative to continue with Gmail and Yahoo and things like that. It really is. That's why I trust Startmail to secure my email. You should as well. Startmail. The good thing is they're not based in the U.S., which is actually a good thing. Um, they have the strictest uh, encry encryption and privacy standards. 
They protect you from hackers, anyone who sells your personal information, Big Brother, you name it. Um, And when they delete, it means it's deleted. That email is gone forever. Um, They use, and this is key because they're they're not in America. They don't use um, other servers like Amazon's. They have their own. And they're so... You know, it's it's really a win-win. You could have unlimited anonymous aliases. This feature protects your main email address from spam and phishing attacks. So when you're giving your email to a company, you know, one of these just things you're purchasing online or whatever, all these 50 million things nowadays you have to type in your email. They protect protect your identity. Um, folks, it is it is great. I'm just telling you, I decided to go with start mail, not spy mail. What about you? I don't trust big tech. Neither should you start securing your email privacy with Startmail. If you sign up today through our URL, startmail.com slash conservative, you'll get 50% off your first year. Again, that's startmail with a T at the end, S-T-A-R-T mail.com slash conservative, 50% off startmail.com slash conservative. All right, folks. So I want to continue just with this immoral immoral war on children let's go through the math simple math even if you trust pfizer's own lying data whenever whenever do we trust the company earning billions of dollars off our injecting stuff in our body that's immutable but let's trust them for a moment according to their data in the trial on children from 12 to 15 years old There were SEA's serious adverse events every 333. The chances were 1 in 333. Okay? And this was over 30 days. So if this excess absolute risk of serious adverse events would hold up, That would mean that for every 333 children, 12 to 15, vaccinated, there would be one with a serious adverse event. Now, let's assume that the vaccines are 100% effective. So, when you reach number 2 million, you would save the life of the child, right? Because we said a healthy child, there's a 1 in a 2 million chance, based on the UK data, of dying. Now, again, really, it's not true. It's even less than that because it's garbage in, garbage out. Either the vaccines aren't effective or if they are, as they're suggesting, which is why they're advocating that children get it. Well, that would mean that most adults, all adults have access to it and most adults already got it. So you're dealing with children in a universe where most adults already have it. So why? So in other words, their chances now are less than one in two million if the if the vaccines work. Because we know that for the most part, children get it from adults, not from other children. And that's been proven with dozens of peer reviewed studies. Starting with Iceland that literally sequenced every genome. Last year of children. So what that means, so you would need 2 million children vaccinated to save one life. But again, it's likely a lot more than that. If you do the math on the way to vaccinating 2 million children, 
That means, according to Pfizer's own data, you would have over 6,000 children suffering serious adverse events, including life-altering disabilities and deaths. That is immoral. That is murder. That is war. That is war. But that's Pfizer's untrustworthy data. A detailed analysis from Israel's Hadassah Medical Center found that just the rate of myocarditis among young males, one side effect was one in every 3,000 to 6,000. Okay? Just one event. But here's the sick irony. I want to reiterate something I mentioned yesterday. If you look at Pfizer's data on that same clinical trial, you know, the FDA PDF there, you could look it up. Within a few days of the second injection, 66% of 12 to 15-year-olds developed fatigue, 65% developed headache, 42% developed chills. That is the upper bounds of serious illness. It's not serious. I'm saying that in quotes, air quotes. That children would even get from the virus itself, assuming they're even symptomatic. A lot of them are asymptomatic. If they're symptomatic, they get maybe a little chills, um, some some headaches, fatigue for, for 24, 48 hours, and some maybe get fever. That's it. 13%, that's, that's a pretty big number, develop moderate or serious muscle pain which is certainly a lot greater than the share of children who get that from from the virus, which is very rare. So we swapped out front-loaded guarantee of the very symptoms that there might be a chance some kids could get from the virus that you're automatically going to get from the, the injections, while certainly creating an exponentially greater chance of serious Immutable side effects up to and including death. But now they've taken their roadshow on and Pfizer has announced that by September they're going to seek an emergency use authorization for 5 to 12 year olds as well as by the way they're seeking an EUA for a third dose for adults. It works so much that we're going to violate the Nuremberg Code and all law statutes ADA, everything, and mandate vaccines all over the workplace because they work so much and they're so needed. Oh, but you need a third one. Now, another important finding of this British study is that they estimate that the um, the official count where we just look at anyone who tests positive as a child and then dies for whatever reason, and we count that, their study found it was a 61% overestimate. If you extrapolate that to the number in the U.S., because they say there's 331 reported pediatric deaths, but we know that's BS, that would mean that really there's 133. Okay? If you look at the flu, the annual flu, most years, it's three to 600 pediatric deaths. And it makes sense, by the way, the numbers, because um, they're saying there were 25 legit COVID pediatric deaths in the UK. UK population is about one-fifth of the US. So, you know, 125, the math here is 133. That that kind of makes sense, that that's where you draw the number. But And again, 
that just mean it doesn't necessarily mean that they wouldn't have died anyway. There's mainly people, you know, every year there's a certain number of kids who die um, because they're just born with illnesses that would make them die within 10 years. So there's no evidence that they wouldn't have died. In other words, there is no evidence of excess deaths among uh, children from COVID. There really is none. It's essentially zero. In other words, we're finding even kids with cystic fibrosis. I had a friend that had a kid with cystic fibrosis, and, and last year, certainly I would have told you, even I would have said, yeah, so they're probably very much at risk. Um, and, and they certainly are with the flu. But there really is no evidence of that, that, that kids with cystic fibrosis have much of an elevated risk. Again, I mean, it's so limited that don't take my advice on it if you you know, do have a relative that has a kid with cystic fibrosis. Obviously, talk to a doctor you trust. Um, but I'm just trying to illustrate how deep the natural immunity is among children that it really is only those that are kind of dying anyway. It, it's not those with underlying conditions like you have with, you know, people in their, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s that have serious heart um, conditions that would, you know, make them at risk as if they're like an 85 year old. You don't have that among kids. So they are willing to lie. Let that seep in. The cost-benefit analysis, what they've done, what they continue to do everywhere. Masking two-year-old children on planes based on a lie. Now just understand that everything else they tell us is a lie. Natural immunity is another big one from those previously infected. So uh, a bunch of researchers in Ireland, they published a study. You could Google it. Um, Paula Byrne, Paul Carty, C-R-T-Y, title is Quantifying the Risk of SARS-CoV-2 Reinfection Over Time. And what they did is they pulled together an analysis of 11 studies of reinfection, large cohort studies, they're all large samples, a total of 615,000 sample over a period of 10 months, which is longer than the period of immunity ever studied by definition, of the vaccines, and they found the risk to be 0.27% reinfection, but the absolute rate ranged from 0 to 1.1%. So it could be 0%. Only one study estimated the population level risk of reinfection based on whole genome sequencing in a subset of patients, and the estimated risk was 0.1% in that study. 0.1% percent with no evidence of waning immunity as the duration went on because again it's not the antibody levels that 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 does that we've proven that many times yet our entire medical establishment and public policy is built on the vaccines having greater immunity than natural immunity and natural immunity essentially being worthless that is the degree of lie they have perpetrated on us. Let's go to the next lie. The Delta. UK just came out with their new data on the Delta. Remember we said that the Delta case fatality rate, not infection fatality rate. These are the known cases 
um, and the percentage who died was 0.3%. It actually ticked down the 28-day follow-up to 0.2%. Phil Kirpin put out the data today on this. And the Delta secondary attack rates are near parity with the Alpha, the UK B117 Kent variant. Maybe slightly more contagious, but much less virulent. The entire thing is a lie. And of course, if you look at their data, they actually show that the death rate among those under 50 vaccinated was higher, very slightly higher than those under 50. If you would look at the death rate of of those uh, vaccinated. So there is literally no fact-based evidence of Delta being worse. If anything, it's less. The entire alpha, beta, gamma, Greek alphabet is a lie. There's thousands of variants, as there always are. It doesn't make a material difference. And there is no reason a healthy person under 50 should ever get those vaccines. They shouldn't be approved for people, much less forced upon people. But this is where we are. Truly, truly sick. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no farm guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. There's one other point on COVID before I dial back to where this brings us politically with elected Republicans and red states and the lack of counter narrative on this from any Republican when almost all of them are echoing the COVID fascism. Early on, I haven't spoken about this in a while, but early on in this saga, March, April of last year, I spent a lot of time talking about, I said, you know, the very reason children are not susceptible to COVID is because of God's beautiful immune system where God created children in a way and their behavior in a way to gradually be exposed to pathogens in a way that they're sick more often with this stuff than um, than adults are. You know, I have four children now, you know, we we have we still have a baby and, you know, you watch it all the time. They almost always have runny noses. They always have these very mild cold like things much more often than adults do. And that is God's vaccine, literally a vaccine. 
And it's done by design. You know, it, kids are disgusting. I never understood, like, everything goes in the mouth. Everything goes in the mouth. And, you know, the baby's favorite places, of course, are the garbage and the toilet. I mean, the disgusting, revolting things they do is unbelievable. It's like, why does God do that? And then when I started learning about COVID and the partial cross immunity of children, I was like, wow, that's it. How beautiful are your creations, oh God, as it says in Psalms. And what I was asking at the time is I said, what is going to happen when you employ the bubble boy phenomena and you actually take this away and isolate kids that they're not exposed for a period of now a year and a half to other children and the pathogens that they typically get? What's going to happen when the flu season and RSV season come along? What's going to happen? They're going to be hit more severely with it. You have now taken the very blessing of God and denied its existence, thereby turning it into a curse and making them more susceptible to everything else. Well, there's an article in the Independent Chronicle in New Zealand, children in New Zealand getting sick in high numbers following severe COVID-19 lockdowns. So everything we did in America, obviously New Zealand did times 10. They literally did complete isolation. Wellington, New Zealand's capital has 46 children in the hospital being treated for RSV. Wards across the nation have been overwhelmed with babies and young children infected with a new respiratory virus, medical professionals say. RSV usually only presents mild symptoms in adults, but it's far more threatening when infecting children and can even be fatal. New Zealand has seen nearly 1,000 new cases of RSV in the last five weeks. Some pediatricians are blaming the rapid spread on immunity debt or the effect of a weakening immune system that hasn't developed immunity in other, to other viruses while someone is kept indoors for too long. What we're seeing now is we've accumulated a whole lot of susceptible children that have missed out on exposure. So now you're seeing it for the first time. Epidemiologist, public health professor Michael Baker explained, if you get a, pe- a big peak, it can overwhelm your health system. You could not have possibly conjured up a strategy to capture, accentuate, and exacerbate every side effect of every physical, mental, developmental, emotional effect on children than they've done with this strategy. You could not have possibly done that if you tried. But it was done on purpose. What Republicans do we have? Folks, I challenge you. I challenge you right now. Go through every Republican you know in your area. No matter how red it is. From school board and county commissioner to state legislator and governor, attorney general, up to House and Senate. What percentage of Republicans are promoting the truth on COVID fascism, are fighting the forced vaccination, 
fighting the masking, fighting all the lies, what percentage? What percentage downright bought into it? Look at the issues of our time. Criminal justice, illegal immigration, the homosexual agenda, rainbow jihad, COVID fascism, election fraud, just to name a few. What percentage of Republicans up and down the gambit agree with us and fight as fervently as some of us outsiders do on all of those issues? All those issues, that's less than 1%. One or two of those issues, depending on the issue, you can get 20%. This is what we need to change. I'm telling you, Next year's Republican primaries in red areas are truly the most important elections of our lifetime. It's the last chance to to do anything meaningful. There needs to be a complete audit of every existing Republican where they stand on those aforementioned issues. And they have to show it. Everyone, if we can't prove that they're with us, they need to be voted down. We can't keep doing what we're doing. Every Republican by default is suspect. Folks, I want you guys to take a listen to this clip from Raymond Rex Parrish Jr. He's the Republican mayor of Lancaster. Take a listen to this insane rambling. I mean, this is really simple. I don't want anybody in this building who's not vaccinated and I need you guys to support me on that. That means employees. You send them home. If they're not vaccinated, they are not allowed to come in here and infect the public. The same thing with the first responders. If the sheriff's department is not vaccinated, I do not want them working in our city. And I want our city attorney to figure out a way to make that happen. You know, I'm, I, I'm sorry. We're talking about people dying. How How is this in any any civilized society acceptable. The reason it's acceptable is because we got a board of supervisors that are, 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 are clueless as to what it means to have leadership. Leadership means doing things that are not popular sometimes, that sometimes may get you thrown out of office. You know, they, they've mismanaged this crisis from the beginning. They've, they, they, their lack of decision-making ability has caused thousands of people to die. I don't want to be a party to that. I simply don't. You know, MERS had a 30% fatality rate. 30%. This had less than two. Can we make that happen? I will look into the steps we can take to the maximum extent possible. There are limitations because it's not fully FDA approved yet. I understand that. Work someplace else. Did you hear that? Get out of here. You have no place. And he was told by, you know, the person at this meeting there, the board of supervisors, that, well, it is an emergency use authorization. You don't have to work here. You look at the West Virginia governor, Ohio governor, Indiana governor. I could go on and on. They are just as evil as any Democrat. They continue pushing this. How is it that 16, 17 months into this, 
We don't have every state legislature controlled by Republicans conducting an audit of everything their state health departments and other agencies are doing premised on COVID and auditing it for science and law and constitutionality. Wait a minute. You're doing this based on children being at risk. That's a lie. You're doing this based on natural immunity not existing. You're doing this based on the vaccines not not being a threat. Every state needs to immediately suspend all state-sponsored marketing and promotion of the jabs. There needs to be a direct law barring all doctors' offices and every other venue from masking children. Really, it should be everyone, but I'm saying at least start there. Not just taking off the mask mandate from the government. That should already be barred. But unfortunately, only a few states did that. That's for sure. But yes, private entities. This is war. They've cheated and lied and violated the Nuremberg Code to get to where they are. So I don't want to hear that somehow the free market has dictated this. Mind you, my understanding is, technically, most states, the mandate still is in place. I don't think a doctor could take it off if they wanted to and be in compliance with the state health department, to my knowledge. Unless there are a few states that officially, because most of them ex- you know, took that off or, or did not take off the mandate on healthcare settings. But this is what we need to do. We need to self-separate education. Medical, we need to create our own organizations, our own oasis. This is what I'm seeking to do with our Liberty Strike Force teams. To be ready at a minute's notice, to have like-minded people where you know I could put you in touch with everyone who listens to this show in your state. We'll probably have to divide it up in most states by region. Two, three, four teams, depending on size of the state. We'll have a couple of team leaders and coordinators. And we're going to focus on every primary we can every legislative opportunity to hound them, expose them, work with the few good ones that exist there that are promoting good stuff and make sure that becomes a litmus test to support it. We need to make the red states autonomous, but before we do that, we have to make them red. You know, speaking of this, to transition on to uh, crime issues, that's a war on our society if, I, if we've ever seen one. Do you know that Republican, the Republican legislature in, where is this? The Republican legislature in Louisiana passed a bunch of jailbreak bills. The right on crime, that libertarian phony thing that a bunch of phony conservative figures have been bought into pushed all sorts of legislation. 61% increase in carjackings in New Orleans this year. Record crime there. And you have an anomaly there where it's a deep red state with strong Republican majorities, but you have, because of the whole David Vitter thing, you wound up getting a Democrat governor. He's up for re-election in two years. Now's the time to get him out and to draw a bold contrast. They worked with him to pass all these garbage bills. Whole bunch of these um, jailbreak bills. Utterly insane. Mentally ill. Washington Examiner, Louisiana 
makes progress on criminal justice reform. They passed all sorts of bills nearly unanimously. A tax credit to socially engineer businesses to hire people who've gotten out of prison. If you want to hire someone based on the despite their criminal record, that's your own decision. Why should we be tilting society in a way that's going to force it on people? Truly disgusting. Downgrading the the time frame for prosecutors to file misdemeanor charges. Why would you limit them at a time when they're flooded with crimes? Eliminating juvenile justice court costs and lower probation and parole fees. What? At a time when we have record juvenile crime... They're literally one with the Democrat governor on the issue of our time. Forced vaccinations, Republican governors are, you better get it. If the issue is jailbreak, Republicans are like, hey, we need more of it. And I'm the only one you're going to hear this perspective from. The only one. Truly disgusting. You know, I spent a good part of yesterday speaking with about four daughters of the victims of Billy... Chemimir, the Kenyan-born illegal alien who wound up finagling green card status but still wasn't deported despite accruing a criminal record. And then now he's proven to go on to have smothered 24 seniors to death between 2016 and 2018, mainly in independent, uh, independent senior living facilities Tradition, Preston Wood and Preston Place had the lion's share of them. A couple were in private homes. He attempted to murder two others, and that's how he was caught. But the victims believe, based on everything they know, and now the way it was given over to me, I learned so much more yesterday, there were likely as many as 100. It was a lot more than that. This guy could be the biggest mass murderer in American history, A black illegal alien, all white senior victims. But white seniors are kind of the most expendable um, demographic in this society, which is why the media has covered it up. No Republican Texas politician has championed this, even as the Soros DA in Dallas says he's not going to seek the death penalty and he's only going to try two cases. There's a major police cover-up among the Dallas police because... Aside from the fact that this could have been prevented had we followed immigration law, even without that, in I originally thought this was the perfect crime. He took people on their deathbeds and just smothered them with a pillow and no one realized until the case where it was an attempted murder and the person survived and was able to ID him. But it turns out that the more I find out about this, every one of them to a person Although they were in their 80s and 90s, they were very healthy. They were not in nur- these were not nursing homes. They were like apartments. You know, you know, they had some programs. They would take them. You know, the, you know those that couldn't drive. Um, they they would have the camaraderie, but they were totally independent, living alone in their apartments. It wasn't even assisted living. These were people that one got her hair done 15 minutes before and walked in like. All of them, all the victims' families told me they talked to their mothers 
literally a day before. They didn't have any illness. And all of them had their wedding rings taken off their finger. So there's a lot of malfeasance in these facilities where the owners covered it up and didn't realize Chemimer was roaming, or they, they did realize, actually, but did nothing about it, was roaming around. They weren't, you would have three deaths a year in these facilities, and then within three months, you had eight. So even of natural causes, it didn't make sense. Which is why we now understand why the police scuttled further investigation into what's likely 30, 50, 100 more of these cases. Because what it would establish is a pattern that at some point, wherever you want to draw the line in 2016, however many victims, it was complete malpractice at some point. The rest were completely avoidable. And this should have been investigated and Chemimer could have easily been caught because he was all over the cameras. He must have been in this tradition Prestonwood facility a hundred times. Masquerading as like a helper or maintenance worker or whatever. Just roaming the halls there. So this is a huge story. The biggest, the worst mass murder ever probably. No one's heard about it. No Republican that I know of. I mean, there is one in the legislature there from Collin County that's now speaking out. But, you know, none of the statewide officials, Greg Abbott, Dan Patrick, Ken, Ken, Ken Paxton, John Cornyn. None of these guys are speaking out about this, pushing legislation to deal with the death penalty, to deal with tracking criminal alien status, to deal with mandated investigations when there are certain very um, suspicious circumstances. Truly unbelievable. There's a war on whites in this country. There's a war on our safety. And they do nothing about it. Utah. Utah now has the highest number of murders ever. Utah was the pioneer red state with jailbreak. They're on pace for record homicides in Salt Lake City. Last year was a record. They're going to break it. During the first six months of 2021, there were 40 homicides plus five fatal officer-involved shootings. And that's a lot for Salt Lake City. This is not Detroit. And yet, the legislatures continue to bring up legislation driving another truck through our criminal justice system rather than strengthening it. I could go on and on and on. Remember that story yesterday we talked about with um, Tawana Ayers, that woman who uh, is, is accused of murder and critically injuring the surviving victim who is now terrified that she's out of jail on 15,000 bond. I, what I didn't mention yesterday, I wrote an article on it today and I did research. She had a 20-year rap sheet that included all sorts of violent crimes up until and including she was charged with attempted murder two year, less than two years ago that was still pending and she was out on bail, probably almost nothing from that in itself and was able to commit this murder and was still released even after that on 50,000 while 
someone who was caught in the Capitol doing nothing more than being in the Capitol is held without bail for months on end. Military veteran, still in the military, in the Army Reserves, Navy contractor with um, a security clearance because he quoted Thomas Jefferson about revolution. We need, this is no longer a legitimate government. We need to operate accordingly. They have declared war on us. We need to at least politically change our tactics, but I'm not seeing that. I am not seeing evidence of the phony conservative movement, the focus of the phony conservative commentators, the elected Republicans at all in any way acting any different based on what has happened to us the last year or two. The immoral, disgusting, yes, Nazi-like things that they have done to us. We did now have a Holocaust survivor we had on the show and a liberal civil rights attorney that made that comparison with their violation of the Nuremberg Codes. There's an interesting story out of the Washington Post last week. Republicans have more friends across the political divide than Democrats. And... You know, everyone's kind of on our side is kind of celebrating this. So, look, you see, our people are more open minded. A June study from the American Enterprise Institute found that 15% of adults have ended a friendship over politics. Of those who did, 22% volunteered that they had ended over a mismatch in support for Donald Trump. Um, just over half of Republicans, 53%, said that they have at least some friends who are Democrats compared to just 32% of Democrats. But you know what, folks? Maybe that's not a good thing. Look, I'm not someone who wants to make, who wanted the country to be this way. It, should, it, does, it shouldn't be this way. But once it's like this, perhaps that shows a weakness in our people. And I know it's a very unsettling thought, but I think our people aren't truly as conservative as the left is demonic. Which is why I've said all along, we need to preach to the choir. Contrary to the trope about don't preach to the choir. Our people aren't strong enough. Which is how you have the reddest of cities and counties with the most liberal Republicans continuing to get reelected. We need to look inwards. We need to declare war back on those who declared war on us. There is no other choice. When you look at what they've done to us on so many of these issues. I'm not going to mention the name for now. But there is a prominent Republican who ran for office in the Dallas area that I was told her grandmother was very likely one of the uncounted victims, meaning not included in the 24. It's another one of Billy Chemmermer. And because of her prominence, she could have blown this wide open because she had a platform that the other victims didn't as just regular unknown people. And she chose never to pursue the issue because she didn't want to look like, you know, I'm bringing up that a black man killed a bunch of white people when I'm trying to get elected. That's how these Republicans think in their gutter minds. Something we'll hopefully extrapolate on next week. I hope to have on 
at least one of the daughters um, to talk about this case. It is truly the most remarkably underreported crazy story in the history of America. Truly unbelievable. And then, of course, you have illegal immigration. There's this case. Um, Kevin Lewis, one of the good local reporters at the local ABC reporter in Montgomery County, Maryland, Gaithersburg, which used to be a really nice place, still a lot of high-end houses there. A known MS-13 member lured a 15-year-old girl into an apartment where he could have raped her, if not for FaceTime. Eric Benitez Amaya, 24, he's a Salvadoran nationalist, is a nationalist currently facing charges of attempted second-degree rape and third-degree sex offense and second-degree assault. Notice no first-degree assault or, or attempted first-degree rape. So again, just as a side point, always, even from a charging level, we never often wind up charging them commensurate with what they actually did. And first-degree and second-degree, I mean, the difference is night and day, and this is how so many people are just under-sentenced. But the main point here is um, shortly, shortly before midnight, um, the alleged victim and a witness pointed at Benitez a maid to cops, and they caught him. Um, she was screaming and unable to get away from the defendant. The defendant then grabbed a condom. The victim called a friend utilizing FaceTime and stated that she was being held against her will. The friend contacted another person who rushed to the apartment where they reportedly heard the girl screaming. And that's basically how they were able to break it up. This guy is an illegal alien, a known MS-13 member, and he has a criminal record in Maryland. In January 2018, he was on probation for consumption of alcohol in a public place. Okay, it's low level, fine, $72. But then, in May 2020, he was arrested for second-degree assault, served 60 days in jail before pleading guilty, and was released. How does that happen? How does this happen? Now we could chalk this up to being Montgomery County, Maryland. But again, this happens in red states too. It happened in Florida. With that person with four arrests, including sexual charges, that wound up raping an 82-year-old woman. These issues, if you have a Republican that is not speaking to illegal immigration and crime and COVID fascism and election fraud and the rainbow jihad, if they are not speaking to those issues, they are frauds and they are part of the problem. Now, for your homework over the weekend, go out and find which ones are. Your list will be mighty small. And folks, that is all we have for this week. Thank you all for another productive week, but I'm going to need you to spread the word. You see how unique the content is. I need you to find everyone you know in your life that you feel could benefit from this and apprise them of CR Podcast. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes and have yourself a terrific weekend with your family. We'll come back recharged, rejuvenated, same time, same place next Monday. God bless you all, and thank you for listening. Thank you.